0: Echo Dispatch with
1: Jason Lewis. Hello and welcome to the Echo Dispatch podcast. I am Jason Lewis, Chief Reporter at the Bournemouth Daily Echo. After a month off in May and a packed bank holiday weekend of jubilee celebrations, we are back with the latest episode of the series. Before we get into this episode, I would just like to provide a content warning that we will be discussing the subject of mental health and suicide. Anyone needing help can contact Samaritans at any time by calling 116. For this instalment, I went along to the base of Helping Homeless Veterans UK in Poole to sit down with the organisation's chief executive, David Wood. Since forming in September 2019, the charity, made up entirely of volunteers, has helped more than 230 veterans. David is a well-known figure in Dorset for his years of work supporting the veterans community, and he continues to be recognised for this. In the past couple of months alone, he's received Prime Minister Boris Johnson's Daily Points of Light Award and a Platinum Jubilee Award from the Duchess of Cornwall and the Royal Voluntary Society. I started by asking David what it means to be honoured for the work he does. You know, Jason,
0: it's, it's truly humbling. I always say, obviously as a CEO I get the awards, but I always dedicate these awards to every single person that is involved with our charity because We've developed over the last couple of years an amazing team of volunteers and it's that word volunteer um, you don't find it very often in the charity sector because a lot of people nowadays are paid workers within a charity but every single one of our team will never ever take a single penny out of the public donations that we receive or any grants that we receive because we're old fashioned. And we believe in giving
1: something back and that's what we were set up for is to make sure that we give something back. And those volunteers, you've told me just before we started the recording that it's a very small team and i will just glad to your website it's hundreds of veterans that you've housed as a small team. Put that into words, their dedication.
0: Well, we couldn't, we couldn't do what we do without the volunteers. Whether it's a volunteer that stands in a supermarket and collects for us, whether it's a volunteer that climbs a mountain for us, and raises funds through just giving, or whether it's a volunteer that just comes down and helps me load up the van with furniture. Every single volunteer plays a vital part. Whilst I understand that times are hard at the moment, these people dedicate their time. You know, a lot of them have young families, but they dedicate their time because they are passionate about what we're doing here and about the difference that we're making. Just so many veterans lives so you know they are they are godsends
1: and we couldn't do what we do without them and i'm sure many people recognize your name and potentially the the organization's name but for those who don't know what led to your work with helping homeless veterans uk
0: i came out of the armed forces in um crikey 1997 a long time ago now i went through a divorce and i actually ended up sleeping on a campsite out near warmwell in dorset where the ski ramp is, and I was living out there in a tent on the campsite through January and February. It was one of the worst experiences. Um, you know, as a soldier, you're used to being cold, you're used to being wet, you're used to being hungry. But to experience that over a period of time was extremely difficult. And whilst I only had a small taste of it, it was um, something that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. I then hit tragedy within my own personal life within my own family where my mother who had served in the army and had served in northern ireland had taken her own life through mental health issues and then a number of years later my sister my elder sister alfreda passed away with cervical cancer and literally a month after my sister had passed away my brother who had served in the royal military police and had also served in Northern Ireland. He also took his own life. I recognized straight away that there was a serious issue, not just from personal circumstances, but from veterans within the armed forces that we, had a, we have a big issue with veterans taking their own lives. And I wanted to try and make a difference because I can remember a lovely lady from SAFA, which is an excellent charity, coming out to meet me at that campsite and holding her hand out, and saying, pack your stuff up, David, we're going to get you sorted out. And that lady, and I still say this to this day now, that lady made me the person that I am just by offering her hand. So when we set up Helping Homeless Veterans UK, I'd had previous, well, I've had a number of years experience of dealing with homeless veterans uh, with two previous charities as a volunteer. And i would learned a lot about the legislation that's involved but also at the same time, with each case that we deal with, they're different. There's never two cases the same. We decided, myself and my fellow trustees decided, that all of the mistakes that we had seen happening within the veterans community, we would try and make a difference with HELP in Homeless Veterans UK. And as an example, um, I mentioned about all of us being volunteers, and when we set up HELP in Homeless Veterans UK, there was a big issue at the time, within the veterans community about some of the wages that people were being paid when the money should have been used to help veterans. So that's one of the reasons why we made the decision that we did. You know, we also learned that it's all well and good housing a veteran, but that every veteran has a reason why they were homeless. And it was identifying that. And this is a reason why we brought in the welfare system that we provide. It's not just housing veterans. There's so much more involved in what we do I believe and I'm not just saying this as a CEO but I believe we've got it right because the veterans that we are helping and housing are telling us we've got it right and every day every day we house a veteran we are literally saving lives and I always say sometimes I can be quite a controversial figure uh, not so much nowadays as I'm getting older but um, I always say if anybody ever wants to see the work that we do please come down here, knock on our door, and I will sit you down and I will let you just sit there and listen to some of the phone calls that we receive. When you receive a phone call from a veteran who is at the end of life, he's had enough, and then you speak to them a month later once you've got a roof over their head and they've got all the furniture they want, they've got food in their stomach, they're clean, they've got new clothing, they've got every single thing you could possibly ask for to rebuild their lives. And you hear the difference people say david why do you do what you do you need to sit here and listen to those veterans and listen to the difference and that's
1: why we do what we do because we know we're making a difference and this saying just the housing them is so important and possibly one of the most important things but it is the start of the work you do there's so much more after that point it gives them sort of a a ground under their feet effectively to to build up from
0: yeah definitely i would say um Not in in all cases, but the housing is normally the easiest part of what we do. It's um, the continuous welfare support. I always say we have three famous words that we use. We always contact the veterans once we first house them, contact them on a weekly basis. And we ask them three famous words that we call it, which is how are you? And we can tell straight away from experience, whether there's any underlying issues, they may well be suffering with their mental health. There may be financial issues, they may may be um, having a disagreement with an ex-partner. There could be a number of reasons, but we can always pick up on this just by speaking to these people and finding out. One of the things I was always taught as a youngster by my father, is there's always a solution to a problem. Or as my mum used to say, there's no such thing as a problem. A problem is only something that can't be solved. And we are problem solvers. Our charity, that is what we are good at, is solving these problems. If a veteran comes to us and they have severe PTSD, now we're not experts in mental health and we never ever profess to be experts. Many charities say they are, but they're not. However, we work very closely with another charity in the military sector called Sapper Support and they deal with the mental health. We work with all call signs. They deal with the mental health. We work with combat stress. We work with PTSD resolutions. They are the professionals. And we are professional at housing veterans. They are professionals in their field of looking after the mental health. So we will work with each veteran and address any issue that they have that's made them homeless. I think one of the proudest statements I can make is the fact that every single veteran that we have housed since our formation in September 2019 is still housed. And that's why I say quite confidently. That we've got it right,
1: yeah, proves it works. Yeah, and it, it might be a silly question, but was when you set up the organization, was there ever an aim or a goal? Was it always whenever we get a phone call for a veteran, we will do everything we can to help that veteran, or was there anything like that set up? Obviously, since we um first formed, we've been through the
0: COVID crisis, which um you know caused a lot of issues for not just our charity but for charities in general because the fundraiser just wasn't available but i think one of the one of the main things that we've always said is that if we're in a position to make a promise it's to stick to that promise because i know of many charities that make these promises to these veterans don't follow the promises through and it actually puts a veteran into a worse position not you know you got to think about the mental side of things if somebody says yes we're going to house you and then they rescind on that that is not good for their mental health you know our goal is if we can't physically help a veteran then we will know somebody who can and it's about making sure that the veteran gets the best help they could possibly ask for
1: can you put into words how sort of proud and appreciative the public should be of our armed forces personnel i look at america if
0: you're a veteran in america you walk down the streets, you're genuinely greeted in such an amazing way to what you find here in this country. Whilst our armed forces have been involved in a number of controversial wars over the last two decades, the armed forces is such a close-knit group of individuals that come together in time of need and we'll always look after each other. And I think when somebody comes out of the armed forces, if the public sees a veteran, just say thank you. Because especially with what the, our service people have been through with Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, they've seen some horrific stuff. And to come back after seeing all of this, And leave the armed forces and not be respected for what they've done it's difficult to deal with and it's not the soldier that wants to go to war it's the politicians that send them to war so blame the politicians don't blame the soldiers the soldiers are keeping themselves alive and they're keeping their friends alive they're doing the job that they're paid to do but don't blame your
1: veterans we do what we're told to do because that's what we're trained to do And all the sacrifice they've made, like as a non-military person, I probably can't even begin to imagine what, them, what they've seen, what they've sacrificed, those moments they haven't enjoyed with family while they've been away. And that's it, it.
0: You know, you. a lot of people forget about the family. You know, if if a service person goes away on an active service tour, they're away from their family for six months. It's not just the servicemen that's suffering, it's the family, it's the children. And there is many sacrifices you know a serviceman chooses to make you know we choose our career you know we understand that but I think the one word I would use is respect you know I think every serviceman deserves that respect even if they've served for one day they've attempted it they've tried it if it hasn't worked for them fair enough but just that one word respect means a lot to myself as, as a veteran myself
1: 100% when you first started the journey with Helping Home Inspections UK, with yourself and your trustees, it's just under sort of 3 coming up to three years in, in autumn. Did you ever think it would get to what it is already uh, as an organisation? Oh, oh, never. Never in a million years. Um,
0: the grey hairs are showing now. Um, and I say that as a joke. No. we never foreseen the growth of our charity. When you look that we are three years old in September and we have already helped... Over 230 veterans. When I was with a previous charity, they were happy if they housed 20 veterans a year. And they had reserves in their bank and they had plenty of money in their bank. And I look at what we have achieved with the amount of work that we have done as volunteers. I never, ever in a million years, Jason expected it to be where we are now. Never.
1: The Echo Dispatch with Jason Lewis. The team at Helping Homeless Veterans UK is doing some truly life-changing work for people who have come out from serving in the armed forces and are in need of support. It's probably a tough question, but I asked David if there was anything the charity had done which he was most proud of to date. I think the welfare,
0: which I've already mentioned, is such a vital commodity to the work that that we do in the veterans community, but my, I call it my baby, my dream was always to have suitable accommodation, owned by our charity, where we could click a finger as soon as a veteran contacted us, and we could put them into a safe, clean place, surrounded by fellow veterans with everything that they could possibly need. And I am 75% nearly there, because we are currently converting what was an empty building, next to the police station in Wimborne Road in Winton, it's part of the Royal British Legion Club there. And we are converting that empty building into six individual ensuite flatlets. And my dream is almost there, but not quite yet. The amount of work that's gone into it is unbelievable. We actually looked at this when I was with the previous charity, myself and my fellow trustees, we looked at it then. So we're looking at over three years to get to where we are now. The idea behind this, as an example, in December of last year, we housed 19 veterans. We spent over £9,000 on hotels to put immediate roofs over these veterans' heads. And the idea behind this Build project, the Veterans Bill project, is that we can put veterans into this accommodation on a temporary basis, but we actually gain an income through benefits, through housing benefit, which can then be utilised to help the veteran into permanent accommodation. So the maximum time that somebody will be staying in the build project will be six months. But on average, it takes us between seven to ten days to house a veteran from point of contact. So there'll be a lot of moving in and out of that property, but we get an income. Instead of us paying out from donations that we receive from the public, we can then utilise those donations in other ways to help even more veterans, but also we get an income which can also be utilised to further enhance the work that we do and to help even more veterans. Once this Veterans Build project is complete, we know of 18 local authorities that are watching us with this build project very, very carefully. Because what we don't want to see happen is veterans go into their local housing authority and being put into a hostile-type environment where you may have people who've come out of the prison service, you might have drug addicts, you might have alcoholics, you might have mental health illness, you might have thieves, ragabonds, whatever. You do not want to put a veteran, as an example, who is suffering badly with PTSD into that environment. And BCP Council have recognised this. And this is why BCP Council have given us so much support towards this BUILD project. And we've had meetings with so many uh, heads of departments within BCP Council, and being part of the homeless strategy team as well, which is an excellent organisation that's been put together. We believe that this is going to be a vital tool in our assets to be able to help even more veterans.
1: Sounds like a game changer, both for the charity, but also most importantly for the veterans. Yes, there's there's three elements to it. Yes, it's a game
0: changer for the charity. Yes. It's going to help even more veterans, but at the same time, financially, it's going to help us. And as I said, it can help it can help us because we can use the donations from the public in other ways to further enhance
1: the work that we're doing and the help that we're given. So yeah, it's a, it's a win win situation. The next question may open a bit of a can of worms, but I feel like I have to ask it. In the present day, do you feel, since your time since you've been involved in different charities, including the present one, the support given by the people that public would think would help them, the the government and local authorities like that. Has that improved or has it deteriorated and and how can it get better in terms of the state providing sufficient support for our veterans? Oh, politics. Oh,
0: dear me. Okay, totally honest, over the last six and a half years I've been involved in housing veterans, things have improved. It's not perfect, but there has been big improvements. However... The biggest problem we have in this country, and it doesn't just concern veterans, it concerns everybody, is the private rented sector. There simply is not enough social housing being built that's affordable, which is at local housing allowance rated rent. And it's an open market for private landlords. I have many friends who are private landlords. I work very closely with private landlords, and they are very caring, genuine people. Unfortunately, there are some scrupulous landlords out there who are charging extortionate rents that are simply unaffordable. We have a big issue with illegal evictions by private landlords and improvements need to be made. One of the things that I am always saying is that this country and this government or whichever government is in place needs to put together the biggest social housing build project that this country has seen since the Second World War when we had all of the prefabs being made. There is a huge problem with affordable accommodation. So many of the cases that we deal with here at our charity are where veterans are being evicted because they have rent arrears because they simply cannot afford the rent rises that are being put in place by their landlords, which were totally unexpected. Like I said, improvements have been made. I work very closely with the Office for Veterans Affairs. I have personal dialogue with the Veterans Minister, Leo Docte and uh, local MPs as well, and they recognise this. And whilst
1: I understand Rome wasn't built in a day, there has been improvements, but there's still a long way to go. Absolutely. How does it make you feel that veterans across the UK, literally in the hundreds, have we seen from the work you do, are finding themselves in homelessness? It's such a complex area,
0: homelessness. Um, This is why there's not a lot of military charities that deal with homelessness. Because each case is different. Each individual veteran's case is different. You'll never get two cases the same. The legislation that's involved using the Housing Act, 1996 stroke 2002, using Priority Need, using the Armed Forces Covenant, The legislation that is involved is so complex and complicated. However, I always say that if a homeless veteran or a homeless person goes to their local authority and declares themselves homeless, the first question that should be asked, and I know BCP Council do this because I got them to do this, is to ask the simple question, have you ever served in the armed forces? Because there is legislation which is available, which can prioritise and need give further assistance to get the veteran housed. There is issues within local authorities where the legislation is not always used correctly. However, I'm not naive. You might have a young lady who's or a young gent who's recently come out of university and this is their first job and they may not know that legislation. So there's training methods that could be put into place in every single local authority throughout the whole of the country to make sure that everybody is kept up to date because the legislation changes on a weekly basis and even I have to keep up with it. Even I get taught quite a lot whenever I take a veteran to their local authority because things have changed and I take that on board and I utilise that and I memorise it and I make sure that everyone is aware. But um, nobody should be homeless in this country in this day and age. I believe we're the fourth or fifth richest country in the world. We should never ever have homelessness in this country. But as I mentioned earlier, Jason, it's not just housing people. It's the areas that need to improve with mental health. We have one of the biggest failing mental health services within our country. There is simply not enough investment in mental health. That's a big issue. And it's the same with addiction issues. There just isn't the help that's needed for the amount of people who are suffering with this. It all comes together if you know if we improve on affordable accommodation, improve on mental health and improve on addiction
1: issues, then it would make our country such a better place. I completely agree. And given the, the current cost of living crisis, which is on so many people's minds, are you concerned about the situation in the area or Charity Works getting... It's better in terms of the demand you have for your service and I'm guessing as well it can also impact on the amount of support you're able to get because the public are so supportive of your your work but it's going to be difficult for them to sometimes be able to spare the money to, to donate. It's extremely tough at the moment and
0: we're, we're noticing it already because yes we have some amazing support throughout the whole of the country and people donate that hard-earned money to our charity But the difference with our charity and the reason why people support us and this once again is something that we put in place when we first set up Helping Homeless Veterans UK is transparency because in our first year of of being a CIC at the time every quarter I would publish our accounts but I wouldn't just publish them to Companies House, I'd put them on our website, I'd put them on social media and it would be a full breakdown of where every single penny was being spent. Transparency is so important to us and the public have recognized this because they are donating to us and we speak to the public when we're at events and they tell us the reason why they support us is because we're actually telling the public where their money has been spent. They're also recognizing us and supporting us because they don't want their donated money paying hundreds of thousands of pounds in CEO wages. They want their pound coin that they donate to be spent on where it's what it says in our title to help homeless veterans. So, because we're transparent, because we're honest, because we're straight and we tell everybody, we're lucky we've got their support, but it's getting harder because more people are struggling and people do not have that extra money to be able to donate. Once again, I don't do politics, Jason. I keep away from politics, but we're gonna to come to the point where if the government want us to do the work that we're doing, they are going to have to help us financially. We'll do the work, we're proud to do the work, but give us a few quid to help do this work. It shouldn't come from
1: public donations. I'm sure many public will still want to support your organisation though, so it's important to say how can they get involved. Obviously the, the BUILD project is a massive thing in the middle. What 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 can the public do if they're listening to this and they've maybe not done it before, or they've donated previously and they want to donate again? How can they help the charity? So you'll find us on all social media
0: platforms. One of the biggest things that we are extremely proud about, and once again we learnt this from being with other charities, is we have an amazing website. And our website is updated normally two or three times a week. Every single bit of information that you need to know about our charity is on that website. The website is hhvuk.org. There is... A label on there where it will take you to the events page and to the donate page. So if, you, if you're if you interested in donating to an event somebody might be doing, you'll find all of the just giving pages and uh, donate buttons are on there. If you want to set up a direct debit, our bank details are on there as well. The one thing I'm, to make my dream come true is the, the Veterans Build project. If there is any trades out there that wish to support our charity, by helping us complete the Veterans Build project, please drop me an email. My email address is hq at hhvuk.org. We will always need trades to help us with this. Uh, we can supply all of the building materials thanks to Selco, which is one of our best corporate sponsors. They've been amazing to us. So we can supply the materials we just need the trade. We need the skills. So if anybody's got any time that they can donate, please contact me. Give me a call. You'll find all of our contact details on our website.
1: Drop me a message. Give me a call. Drop me an email. I will always respond to you. And what does the future hold for you and the charity? Obviously, the Build Project's going to be at the forefront of your minds at the moment, I guess, alongside the work you do every single day, helping veterans in need. The... So my dream is once we've got the Veterans Build project up and running, is to have
0: similar buildings in at least 10 areas throughout the whole of the UK so that it provides instant respite with a roof over their heads for veterans who reach out to us in their time of need.
1: If I can achieve that in the next 10 years, I will be a very happy person. That would be incredible. And lastly, it seems the only way to end this is about the veterans, If there is anyone listening or someone knows a veteran who's not in a great place at the moment, what would your words be to them?
0: Reach out. There is so much help available. Whether we can give you that help, there's so many charities out there. There's over 2,500 military charities in this country, and some of them are doing amazing work. Reach out. Go to the Veterans Gateway. That is a one-stop shop for all veterans in need. If you go to the Veterans Gateway you will find all of the information you need for whatever you may be suffering with. And that is, it's like a directory. It will list all of the help that you need and where you can get that help. As veterans, we are stubborn people. We don't like asking for help, but just reach out. Speak to a fellow veteran, reach out, the help is there, and you could be in a completely different place after a few months just by asking for that help. There's no shame. Mental health, I suffer with mental health. I am proud to say, you know, there is no shame in saying that I suffer with mental health. There is a stigma in this country, with, especially in the males, where we don't like admitting that we have a problem with mental health. I have mental health issues. I'm doing this podcast and I'm saying I have mental health issues. But I reached out for help and I got that help.
1: So reach out, ask for help. You will get it. It's an extremely powerful message. And thanks for your time, David. I really appreciate it. No problems. That concludes this episode of the Echo Dispatch. I'm sure you'll agree that David and the team are providing an incredible variety of crucial support to vulnerable members of the veterans community. If you have been affected by anything you have heard during this podcast, support is available online from a range of organisations and over the phone, including Samaritans, who can be called at any time on 116 123. As a reminder, this podcast is available on a number of major platforms, including Spotify, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts. Please let me know your thoughts on the series and anyone you would like to be interviewed by emailing me on jason.lewis at bournemofecho.co.uk. Thanks for listening and bye for now.
0: The Echo Dispatch with Jason Lewis.